Amen. What's up, Rock Church? Say Jesus. Hello, everybody. How you doing? If you are a visitor, my name is Miles. I've been gone. I'm the pastor. I've been gone for a long time, so it's good to be back off vacation. And it's good to see all your faces again. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to say hello to all our campuses. As a matter of fact, North County, yesterday we had an open house to our new campus that's going to open up in a couple months. So I know you're excited up there in North County and East County, San Ysidro, City Heights. And all the kids in Juvenile Hall that are watching, let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless you. Coronado as well and online. It is good to be back September 11th. Uh, September 11th, 1984, I was married. Today is my 32nd anniversary of my wife and I, 32 years. God bless you. God bless you. I love you very much, and I'm glad we have, have spent actually 36 years together. We met in 1980, and I'm ready for another 36. 36 years from now, we're going to be like... <laughs> But we'll still be, we'll be, still be trucking, huh? <laughs> still be trucking. Let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees and start today. And if you are a visitor, the reason we get on our knees is to remind ourselves to be humble before God. And this is not about any person or group. This is about kneeling before our Lord Jesus. Amen. The reason we raise our hands during worship is, is an act of surrender. That's what this means. It's not a hippie thing. It's a Bible thing. God, I give up. It's not a police thing. Police say, put your hands up. It's surrender, right? Same concept. Say, we're just doing it to God. And he don't have a gun towards us. He has his heart towards us. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you that as we talk about pain, evil, trials and tribulations in our life and our world, I pray you encourage us today. Give us hope. Let us know no, how, no matter how big our problem is, our God is bigger. I pray that you call people out of their pain today, out of their dark hole, and bring them into the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell someone next to you, this is going to be for you. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Amen. Let's see your Bibles on three. Lift your Bibles up on three. Say word. One, two. <laughs> One, two, three. Say word. Very good. Let's turn to Genesis 1. It's the first page of the Bible. First page. Should be very easy to find. Say amen if you enjoyed the At The Movie series. Yeah. How many's favorite was Star Wars? How many's favorite was Blindside? How many's favorite was In and Out? Uh, uh, and what was the other one? <laughs> Jurassic Park. How many favorite was Jurassic World, I should say? Okay, okay. How many of y'all didn't really like it? Okay, okay, okay. September 11th, 2001, there was a terrorist attack on our country. We all know about Twin Towers in New York, Pentagon. Uh, Twin Towers being the main building that is always the focal point of that day. I grew up in New York, um, so I was very familiar with that building. And 
the network of tunnels and train stations and malls that were underneath that building. If you've never been to New York, there is a whole city underground. It's not only train, uh, railways, or subway, but there are malls that when you have under Penn Station or Madison Square Garden, there's a whole conglomeration of train stations, Grand Central Station underneath the Twin Towers, and there are stores and shops and thousands of people every day, all day. And so when that building came down, not only came down the people in the building, under the building, all around 2,996 people were killed, 6,000 injured, over $3 trillion of economic loss. And that's only the tip of the iceberg of the evil in the world. Right now, there are 45 million people held in slavery around the country, around the world. There are 2 million people who are victims of sex trafficking. Every five seconds, a Christian is killed for their faith. Every five seconds. And we don't know nothing about that because we live in America yet. And all this pain in the world and pain and trials and evil is probably the number one reason people walk away from God. I can't tell you how many people I talk to, they say, you go to church, read your Bible, you're a Christian. I, know, I don't believe in God anymore. I don't do that. Why? Because this happened. My mother died. So-and-so had cancer. And why, is, why are all these babies dying? And if God is so loving, why is there so much pain in the world? He wants to know the same thing, by the way. He's like, I'm loving. I gave you love. Why is there so much pain? If God is so loving, why are so many people starving? He wants to know the same thing because he gave us enough food to feed everybody. That's a fact. There's enough food in the world to feed everybody over, many times over. Why are they, are they starving? It's not because of him. It's because of us. I was at a, uh, every time I go to a buffet or, or, or banquet, it's amazing the amount of food that gets thrown in the trash. It's, it's heartbreaking. Anybody, anybody work in a restaurant business and know what I'm talking about? Just look, when you go to a restaurant next time, when you go to In-N-Out, anytime, well, maybe not In-N-Out because I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> people like me just walk around and start eating fries off people's tables that they leave it. <laughs> so I mean, may, may, may not apply, but you go to restaurants and just look at the food that people just throw in the trash. And God is like, but we always want to blame it on God. So over the next five weeks starting today, we're going to talk about evil and pain. Because I would imagine, I don't imagine, I know for a fact every single one of us have dealt with and will deal with and probably are dealing with something painful. Can I get amen? amen. And, and all of y'all know multiple people. Everybody you know will deal with pain. And so I want to encourage you in this series to not only come every week with your pain and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. But I want you also to find somebody, bring the hope of the gospel to the world by just finding somebody in your life and say, listen, can you come to church with me? We're going to be talking about pain and trials and, and, and tribulations, and I think God can help you. Please do that. Don't just have this to yourself. Put yourself out there and go invite somebody. Can I get an amen? Now, we're going to start in Genesis in chapter 1. We're going to talk about God created the heavens and the earth. And because I know for a lot of people, God created or God is a stumbling block. Well, if God created it, da 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 So I just want to give some context about creation, just so you understand that the beginning of the Bible is true, that there is a God, that he did create things, and the way it is. When you look at the heavens and the earth, what the Bible says God did is there. There's stars in the sky, just like the Bible says. Fish in the sea, just like the Bible says. There's land and water, just like the Bible says. There's plants, just like the Bible says, there's, every living thing has a seed inside of itself in order to reproduce itself. Think about this for a minute. 
every living thing, plant, fish, bird, human, has a seed inside of it so it can reproduce itself. God says, I'm into plenty, good and plenty. He's good and he's into plenty. So he's into good and plenty. So everything I made, so that's what the Bible says and it is true. And all those seeds have information in them to reproduce what they are designed to reproduce. Apple seeds produce apple trees that take nutrients out of dirt and make a tree that grows an apple that does it all over again. And we just go, everything, a living thing does that. That's amazing. So because that is factual and it's amazing, you have to, come, you have to ask yourself, either it just happened by accident, which is not scientific. That's unscientific. Science will prove that nothing can do nothing. That's science. So when you look at all this, you have to say, well, either nothing did it, but that's not science and it's not logical. It's actually just dumb to think nothing can do anything. Or something very intelligent and creative and powerful and organized did it because it's very creative, powerful, and organized. One of the two. Now, I don't want to get too much on evolution and creation, but I just need to, we need to lay this foundation because if you need to believe the beginning to believe the end. And so, uh, ladies, if your man, whether it be your husband, your boyfriend, or your imaginary, uh, <laughs> if your man, if your ma- ladies, if your man came home with a lipstick print on his collar, the shape of the lips of someone you knew, Let's say she was injected, right? She had little bumps on her, and she had, and it was that distinct. Everyone got certain, certain kind of lips, right? Some got full lips, some got thin lips, some got no lips, and then, and then some got extra plus. And so if that extra plus lip shape was, can I get it? Ladies, can I get an amen? Okay. And so if, if that lip shape was planted on your man's collar in the color of the lipstick that you know your friend bought. Okay, I'm very, very specific. Tell me if, if I make a sense, if, if, if it's clear so far, say amen. amen. And your man comes home and he got that like right here and he got that right here and got right there right here. And you say, what? You get all Bruce Lee on him and you go, where did that come from? And he says to you, it just happened. It, 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 it just ha- over, over the last, you know, 24 hours, it just, it just happened. It just evolved. <laughs> Ladies, raise your hand if you will believe that story. I don't think so. Exactly. Fellas, your, your, your woman, again, your wife, your girlfriend, or your imaginary comes home with the cologne, the smell good of your friend because you know what he bought because you all tried it out. We really don't do that kind of stuff, guys. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> But somehow you, you know, you got a whiff of whatever he was, he was standing down wind and you were like, yo, what's that smell? But you don't want to ask him what it was. But he, and then you smelt it on your woman and you said, what's that? And it's all like right here, but not over here, just right here. And you know when she hugs, she goes this way, right? And so you know it's over here. And you're like, what's up with that? She said, oh, it just happened. You wouldn't believe that. Fellas, if you would believe that story that it just happened, it evolved, say amen. I didn't think so. So why would you believe all of this would happen? Okay. So let's just stop right there. Now, Genesis 1. In the story we're going to read real quick, we're going to look at good and evil. Over this series, we're going to look at how you can prepare, prepare for good and evil. It's coming. It's here. We live in a fallen world. How you can have a biblical perspective, a biblical response, what God wants you to do when it happens over the next five weeks. <clears throat> Today, we're going to talk about the origin. Where did it come from? 
You need to know. Because a lot of y'all are blaming God for something he didn't do. You're blaming God for stuff you did. You're blaming God for stuff, God for stuff the devil did. So let me just read a few verses that aren't in your plan yet. But the, the overarching is that God is good. The devil's bad. God's goodness promotes life. The devil's evil promotes death. And you have to choose what you want. Simple. Because you have to choose. And if you want death, just follow the world. Do what the world says. Do what talk radio says. If you want life, do what God says. And they are opposite. And the light is getting lighter and the dark is getting darker. And with our uh, election coming up, here's my 15-second political commentary that I'll give you on the, on the election. We are in trouble. <laughs> you better have, have your feet on the rock because we are in trouble. <laughs> okay, let me read some verses to you. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 10. God called the dry land earth and the gathering of together of waters he called seas, and it was good. Everyone say it was good. If you haven't noticed lately, the ocean is pretty awesome. Genesis 1.12, the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, a tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in of itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Everyone say good. God said, I'm going to make an apple to make an apple, I'm going to make an orange to make an orange, I'm going to make a papaya to make a papaya, and I think that's the right thing to do. That things are going to make things after their own kind. So there's no confusion and you know what you're going to get. So when you plant something, you know what you're going to get. And that it's going to just grow after itself. You don't have to make it. It'll make itself. Just, just make sure the environment's right. He, he said, I think that's a good plan. And guess what? It's a good plan. Because if you planted tomatoes and you got cucumbers, wouldn't you be kind of like, yo, what's up? Verse 21, God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves on the earth, with, uh, that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged animal according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Everyone say good. Yes. Verse 25, God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, the cattle according to its kind, and every creep that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Say it was good. Yes. Ladies, point to the guy next to you and say, is that a creep? <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm, I don't know if he is, I'm just saying Verse 27, God created man in his own image, in the image he created him. We were made in God's image. Please, please hear me. You were not made in the image of what Facebook says you were made in. You were made in the image of God, a holy God. And guess who God said he is? I am that I am. I'm very sure who I am. And I made you to be like me. Nothing else. I made a bear to be like a bear. I made an apple to be like an apple. I made a bee to be like a bee, and I made you to be like me. Simple. And it says, verse 27, God created him in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female. And verse 31, God saw everything that he made, and it was very good. Everyone say very good. Number one in your notes, write down. God created everything good. If we just stop right there, God doesn't need our help. Everything that he made is good. My wife and I were in Hawaii a couple weeks ago, and we were there eight nights. We love that place. It is 
perfect when we're there. I say it's perfect when we're not there, but we're not there to, to enjoy the perfection. So it's better, it's perfect for us when we're there, because then it's perfect for us. And we, every night, at 6.54, at 6.55 the next night, at 6.56 the next night, at 6.57 the next night, the sunset. And everybody came out to watch the sunset. Why? Because every night, it was good. And it's fire. It's fire 93 million miles away. And everyone stood there like this. And they take their phones out, even though your pictures don't look anything like the real thing. But people take pictures, videos, and they ain't going to do anything with those things and trash them anyway. But it's just like, I, got, I just got to capture this because it's so, everyone say, good. well, God made us good. You need to know that. And God wants to bless you with more of what he is. He is good. He's holy. He's perfect. There's nothing sinful in him. So if you stop right there, anytime you attribute something bad to God, you're wrong. Everything he made was good. He made a man. Fellas, he made a man. He made you naked, by the way, covered in light. And then he made a woe man, and she was naked, covered in light. And then he said, listen, all y'all got to do is make babies. <laughs> Feel the earth. Okay? Don't go to that tree. That's the only thing I ask you. Don't go to that tree. Now, fellas... You, the whole planet, this girl who is perfect, no sin, you have no sin, and God says, have sex and make babies. That's good. Can I get amen? How does it get better than that? And he says, all you have to do is not eat from that tree. It's like, are you kidding me? I just got to stay away from that tree? And I can just... <laughs> can I get amen if that's a good deal? <sighs> but we're thick. Number two in your notes... Satan represents evil or that which opposes God's goodness. Here is where it starts. You have to understand God is good and that which opposes God is evil. When something happens in your life that you don't like, you call that a trial. In other words, if someone says, I don't like this, the only reason you don't like it is because it's not what you want. That's the definition of you not liking it. In other words, if someone steals your car, but your car is a clunker, and you know you're going to get more money for it from insurance than you can sell it for it, it's not bad because you want it to happen. Can I get an amen? But if your car is nice and you like your car and someone takes it, then it's bad. It all depends on what you want. That's the definition of bad. Whatever's happened in your life now that's bad that we want to pray for, it's because you don't want it. Now, it may be something that God doesn't want either, which really was what makes it bad. The devil is opposite of God. He's going to instigate in your life thoughts and actions and words that come out of your mouth that are opposed or opposite the character of God, the heart of God, the love of God. That is the definition of bad. And the result is pain and evil. Look what it says in chapter 3, verse 1. The devil is speaking to the, to the woman. The serpent who is more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord of God had made. By the way, the devil was an angel, the worship angel in heaven, and he got prideful and said, I want to be God myself. Whenever you see people up here singing, you need to pray for them because these bright lights and this stage and all this stuff is, is, a, is an injection. It, it can be an injection of pride. Even pastors, well, I'm going to go stand on stage, and it's an injection of pride. Are there, are, and, and there are people out here who can preach and, and do all the stuff on the stage. God says, I can't trust you with it. The devil 
was an angel who was in charge of worship in heaven. And he says, I want to be God. And God said, I'm throwing you down to heaven, uh, down to earth, and now he's the devil. So God made him as an angel, but he chose in his pride to say, I'm going to be God myself. And God said, I don't think so because ain't nobody bigger than me. And ain't room enough for me and you. So you got to go. And now he's the devil. Look what it says in verse 1. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of field which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, what, is God deeds, what has God said? Has he said that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat nor shall you touch lest you die. The serpent said you will not die. For God knows in the day you eat, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Uh, God represents everything that's good. The devil opposes God and that's evil. That's it. When you think a thought, you have to ask yourself, is my thought in agreement with God or not? If you say, well, it's not really devilish, it's just kind of in between. No, no, no. Either you agree with God or you agree with the devil. There is no in between. You might think, I'm not a, I'm not a devil worshiper. I'm, I'm, not a, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of saying stuff that I think about somebody. It's called gossip. It's the devil. The devil is very, the devil's never going to say, I'm the devil. The devil's slick. Anything that opposes the heart of God, the purpose of God, the attitude to God, the goodness of God is of the devil. When Peter said to Jesus, Jesus says, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to to, uh, uh, be dead for three days, then I'm going to rise from the dead. Peter said, no, let that not be. We can't let them kill you. And Jesus said to Peter, get behind me. You, you guy that really cares for me, but you know, it's not really good. No, he said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus was saying, Peter was like, man, why I got to be Satan? Why can't I be like a knucklehead or stupid or maybe I, I got it wrong. I, I didn't have the right perspective. He said, no, because your plan for me not to die is from the devil. Your good intention, though good intention against the, the will of God is of the devil. So check yourself, Peter. I have to die. Now, why would you say, why would God die? Because the penalty of all of our sin is death. And Jesus said, in order for me to facilitate the will of God, that we would have an opportunity to be forgiven and saved, he died. He died. He had to pay the penalty. And so that which agrees with God is good. That which agrees with the devil and opposes God is evil. So when you ask yourself, where does evil come from? Right here, Satan. It comes from people making decisions against the will of God. And you have to ask yourself a question about your life. How much of what you say is against the will of God? How much of what you say is against the heart of God? How much of what you say opposes the purpose of God, which is to edify people and encourage people to trust him? How much of what you do, how much of what you think, how much of what you meditate on your heart is not in agreement with the word of God? And by the way, the word of God is right here. If you do not read this Bible and if all you hear about this Bible is when you come here, you ain't going to understand when the devil starts to trick you. That's why it's important to read this. When he said, what did God, when the devil said to Eve, what did God really say? If you don't understand this book, you will not be able to answer that question. Number three, God's goodness promotes life and Satan's evil promotes death. Well, you know, I think, you know, I was in Mexico and uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. 
for a week in Caretaro, Mexico, at a, at a school to learn Spanish. It was all Spanish for five days. It was five hours a day in class, and then everybody in Caretaro spoke Spanish. So it was just all Spanish. And one, of my, one hour of the five hours in class was five of us just talking, conversation. Teacher would say, you know, what do you do? What do you believe about this? What do you believe about this? And he, and he said, what do you all believe about the benefits of being single versus being married? It was a whole relationship conversation. So I said, and it was all in Spanish, I said, you know, I believe that uh, one of the, the downfall, I can't remember, of being single is that you, you shouldn't, I know people have sex when they're single, but you shouldn't. You should wait till you get married. And everybody in the circle started laughing at me. It's like, <laughs> like where planet are you from? No, I'm from right here. I'm a citizen of heaven, but I'm from earth. Now, you may think, well, that's so old-fashioned. No, it is eternally old. Now, you may say, well, that's, that don't apply to me. Okay. If you live that way, you have to understand, you cannot, when you live a way opposed to what God says, there is always consequence. I lived four years. My wife and I, before we were saved, lived together, did all that stuff, and paid a price for that. I mean, if you don't get pregnant, if you don't get a disease, if you don't get uh, videotaped and put online, if you don't get uh, your heart broke, if you don't have a, get a pregnancy and then get abortion and then risk the, the, the risk getting, uh, not becoming sterile, if none of that stuff happens to you, and if you happen to survive and get married, chances are you're not going to get married if you live together. You, you, the chances of you get married are lower, and the chances of you staying married are lower statistically if you live together and have sex together. All this stuff is just consequences. And so God's just trying to say, I'm just trying to help you. If you don't get your heart broken, then blame God because God did that to you even though he told you not to do it. It's a very basic thing. And so what you have to make a decision is what I do obeying God or obeying man. Forget what the world is doing. And obeying God brings life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness in your life. Clarity of vision for who you are. Obeying the devil in his ways is confusion and death and destruction and division and, 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 and disease. It's very simple. And when you look at the death in the world, you say, well, why did God do that? God didn't do it. Man chose. The reason people starve is because man is greedy. God is good. The reason people, there are wars is because God, I mean, because a man is greedy and man is in power and man is about me, 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 me. And so what you have to ask yourself is as you deal with pain, as we go through the series, there's pain in your life because, one, people have done stuff to you. And guess what? There's a biblical response that God wants you to do. There are some of you who have done stuff. You've done stuff the devil's way. There's a biblical response to say, God, I'm sorry. I want to do it right. And as we go through the series, I want you to think about your pain and say, Lord, I want to surrender this pain to you, and I want to, res- I want to see it through your eyes, and I want to respond to it your way because I can't carry it anymore. Some of you all been carrying stuff for decades, and you've been carrying a voice in your head for decades about how bad you are and how, all this, how you're a victim and all this stuff happened to you. God says, that's all the devil because I love you, and I want to deliver you from that. I don't want you, I don't want you to get up every day and to be a burden. I want you to say, pray, today's the day the Lord has made. And you're in a spiritual battle. And, and God says, this is, when you walk with me, I can help you get through that. But it's going to be a fight because the devil is not going to just let it be easy. You have to say, Lord, I'm going to fight. And trust me, I live this every day as well as you. 
So here's the last. Look at look at look in your notes. Look in your notes. It says, "What died? What died?" Look at chapter chapter three verse six. It says, chapter three verse six. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she gave it to her fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband, and he ate. The eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called to Adam and said, where are you? Everyone say, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Here's what died. Innocence before God. God wanted them, wants us to have innocence before him. Uh, The eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked and they tried to cover themselves. God wanted innocence and transparency before him. But it died when they sinned. Intimacy with God died. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from God. God does not want you hiding from him. God wants you running to him. God, I'm not going to church. God might get me. You don't need to come to church for God to get you. He can get you up in the drug house. (laughs) I was in a crack house. My buddy was in the back room smoking crack. I was in the bathroom watching this guy make crack. I was there to do cocaine. And I was in this little bathroom while this guy was cooking crack. And God was speaking to me saying, what are you doing in here? And I was like in my head going, that guy's jacked up. And I was sitting on this little stool in the bathroom and the mirror was right in front of me and he's sitting to my right. And I was like in my head going, that guy's jacked up. And I happened to glance at the mirror and God said, what are you doing in here? You're only three feet away from that jacked up dude. That means you're three feet away from being jacked up. God wants you to be close to him. A sense of security in your relationship with God died. He said, I heard your voice in the garden in verse 10, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Trust by God in them died. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded that you should not? You did what I said don't do. If you look at garbage in your life, it is because someone did what they shouldn't have done and or you did what you shouldn't have done. And here's the great equalizer. If you decide to just do what God tells you to do, now you're on the path to dealing with it. Every Sunday you come here or wherever you go to church if you're a visitor and you see the worship and the videos and the announcements and the lights and the preacher yelling his guts out, it is all to get you to do one thing. Obey God. That's it. I mean, we want to bring you into the presence of God, but so you can become more like him. And how do you become more like him? He changed your heart, and then you start to act like him. It's that simple. And if you can say, okay, I got all this drama in my life, what God wants me to do is obey him. I have to obey him. Now, I'm not saying that's happening because you didn't obey him necessarily. Don't try to figure all that out. Why people do stuff, don't that's... That's between them and God. What do you want me to do? And so in a minute, we're going to pray. And there are some of you here who need to say, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. Because I don't want to have anything to do with Satan. I don't want to have anything to do with me doubting the goodness and faithfulness of God. I just want to obey him, know him, love him, trust him, submit to him, and let everything else happen after that.
And by the way, you say, well, if you're thinking this, well, Jesus did that and he, he was crucified. Yep. And then God elevated him to where his name is above every name. And you say, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you because I want to serve you. And there are some of you out here watching all our campuses, you've been carrying pain in your life, and we want to pray for you. Because the devil wants to convince you that you are in bondage forever, and the devil wants to convince you that your God is not big enough to deliver you from your pain. And that is a lie. That is a lie. And my challenge to you is say, am I obeying God? Am I pursuing God? And the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God with all that I have. Because you're in a battle, a spiritual battle. And the devil is battling for your soul and he is serious. You have to battle for your soul and be serious. So right now on all our campuses, I'm going to ask you right now to bow your heads and pray with me. And listen very carefully. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're not dealing with something now, you have in the past. We live in a fallen world. There's always going to be drama in our life at some level. And the devil wants to use that drama to drive a wedge between you and God. But we serve a God who is good, who loves us, and who one wants to comfort you. He says, Cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Give me your burden that is heavy and I will give you my burden for you which is light. So there are two groups of you out there. There's some of you out there who? You've never given your life to Christ and you've been doing it your way. But the Bible, and the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the penalty of sin is death. And you realize that that death, that eternal separation from God, you don't want. It's called hell. We want to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to forgive you of your sin. And then there's some of you out there, you've just been carrying a burden. You've been suffering for a week, a year, decades, and the devil's been beating you down, and you want to be set free. And you wanted, if God is so good, and, I, and I've been faithful, I think, God wants more of you. He wants more of you. And don't let the devil limit the peace and goodness that can be in your life. So in the privacy of your heart, I'm going to pray for you in all the campuses. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer if you would like to surrender your life to him. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you would like to give your life to Jesus, if you would like to give your pain to Jesus, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God. I believe you love me. And I believe you are a good God. And I want to follow you. I want to submit my life to you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus 
to die on the cross for my sin and to rise from the dead. But Lord, I have pain that I'm not sure you can deal with. But by faith, I'm trusting my life into your hand. By faith, I'm trusting my pain into your hand. So Jesus, forgive me. Fill me with the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, fill my life with your presence and your peace. I surrender my life to Jesus. I surrender my pain to Jesus. I surrender my burden. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And by standing, you are making a public declaration, yes, I am surrendering my life to Jesus Christ and my pain to Jesus Christ. So I'm going to count to three. If you pray that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand. One, two, three. Just stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you. 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 We see you in the balcony as well. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now I'm going to ask all those people who are standing in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down. And the rest of us, we want to encourage them and cheer for them. So if you're standing up, come on down to the altar and let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen. 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 God bless you. Welcome. Stay right there. Just just face me. That's good. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. God bless you. Hey, hey, hey. God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Can I get your brother? God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 Let's give these people a hand. They come on down the aisle. Amen. Amen. You're good, you're good. <laughs> God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. God bless you. Oh, good, 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 good. Uh, I, in the message I said, all of this is to get all, everybody in here to do one thing, is obey God. Every Sunday you come here, you see all this energy exerted by everybody up here, it's just to encourage you to obey God. So if you came in and said, hey, Pastor, we, um, here's the one thing God wanted me to do, amen, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you say, hey, Pastor, here's the one thing God told me to do, and I'm going to do it, I can say, good, I can just. Sit here and say, God bless you. Go do, do, go do that. 
Are you following what I'm saying? And we come in and go, okay, convince me to obey God. That's what this, a lot of this, convince me. Give me strength because I, I need this for the whole week. If this is all you get for the whole week, you're in trouble. You got you to you gotta, you gotta, you gotta read this on your own. But my point is that if all you can, all of y'all can say, I'm just going to go here and obey God, I'm going to figure out, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get people in my life who are going to help me do what God wants me to do. If that's all you did for the rest of your life, that is the only thing you need to do. The greatest commandment is to love God with your heart, mind, and soul. And the definition of loving God is obeying God. That's it. It's simple. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And I, I can't speak for you, but I'm going to guess that you were sitting there and God said, I want you to go down there. And you were like, no, no. He said, go down there. He said, I got to obey. That's it. It's that simple. It's that simple. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to pray for y'all, and then we're going to cheer them in that room, and then Pastor Marcus is going to pray for our offering, which is another opportunity for you to obey God. Either you do it or you don't. We don't want to try to convince you to give. It's tiring. It really is. It's just like, man, how do we creatively do it? Just do it. Life class, just go, serve, just do it. It's what we're supposed to do. And we spend so much time trying to come with these ways that, <laughs> it's God, can you just change their heart? <laughs> Lord, we just pray for all these people right here. We pray you bless them. And we pray that they would trust you with their whole life. And Lord, I pray as we go through this series that we would think of people who are struggling, who need to know how to deal with their pain in their life, their trials, their disappointments, who need to know how to relate to you within their pain and how you are going to help them get through it. I pray that this series would help and empower us to do that so we're not distracted from you with our pain. We're drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn and walk this way, everybody. Take a right turn and walk this way. God bless y'all. Amen. Hey. Amen. Let's give him a big hand. Come on.